0: Hi, and welcome to Influence Marketing Talks, a podcast brought to you by Cure Media, the leading and award-winning influence marketing agency for fashion brands. This is your weekly podcast to learn more about consumer behavior in the digital age, and of course, all things influence marketing in right around 15
1: minutes. I'm Frida Ekholm. And I'm Sana Odmark. And in this week's episode, we will dig a bit deeper into a topic that is, or should, be on top of the agenda for brands right now. How to build preference to make your audience choose you over your competitors.
0: Okay, Sana, let's get going. Why are we dedicating another episode talking about preference marketing? <laughs>
1: Yeah, here we are again. So you hear brands talk a lot about creating brand awareness and driving sales through performance marketing. But I think preference marketing has been a bit neglected. It's like that, you know, that middle child that hasn't got as much attention from their parents. We think preference deserves to be on everyone's lips right now. And to, yeah, we want to talk about it more to really get it out there.
0: Yeah, all the middle childs listening now will be like, yep. (laughs) Yeah, we kill you. Yeah, so for sure. It's often considered as a part of brand marketing, but since branding is actually a huge topic, we need to split this one up to match with the different stages in the marketing funnel.
1: Exactly. For those of you who haven't listened to our previous episode with our co-founder Christian, Frida, can you just shortly explain what is preference marketing and why is it more important for brands now than ever.
0: I will try to do this as short, (laughs)
1: as concrete as possible.
0: Preference marketing is the things you do to take the consumers from the awareness stage to the next stage of the funnel, making them consider buying from you instead of your competitors.
1: Yeah, so that's nothing new. But we have seen that many legacy brands out there that have been around for a long, long time, they have focused a lot of efforts on building brand awareness, but many of them are missing out on the preference stage. And a couple of years ago, when the options weren't that many, you know, they could get away with just having the best store location on the high street, uh, or there weren't so many options, but today you can't get away with it anymore. You need to focus on the preference. Definitely. But now this has, of course, changed. And that's
0: why we're talking about this. So the marketplace is very crowded. And it's no longer enough that your audience know who you are or where you have your store. They need to like you more than they like other similar brands, so that they choose you over the other brands available at the same places at same times as you are.
1: Yeah, definitely. And still, even though probably all the marketers out there know this, many legacy brands invest heavily on building awareness, even though they are known by their audience, as if things had not changed. But the fact is that we won't like them more just because we see more of them, right? Definitely not. So what happens in the end is
0: that the brands, the marketers need to invest in even bigger budgets into performance channels to compensate for the fact that they lack the
1: preference. Exactly. So a good example of this is that ASUS they just appointed a new CEO, Jose Antonio Ramos Calamonte, and he blamed insufficient brand investment and over-reliance on promotions with driving a slowdown in customer acquisition over the past year. And if you look at their budget split, where they have put their money in the latest years, they spent more than 80% of their marketing investment on performance marketing. And this is not a rare scenario. This is what we see a lot out there. Brands putting a lot of money as they were in a stage, almost nothing in the middle, and then a lot of budgets in the performance channels, because that is where they can easily see the effect right away. But it's not so long lasting.
0: So if we were about to summarize a bit of what we've just said is that if you have high preference, if consumers prefer you over similar options, brands, and choose to go to your store, your website on their own will, you don't need to spend as much money in your performance channels. So this can also help you drive organic traffic and organic sales.
1: Yes. And also, high preference leads to higher willingness to buy. Obviously, if you if we like something more, if we prefer it more, we are more willing to buy, which means that brands can increase their chances to be the ones that their target audience selects when they are to make a purchase decision. So there's a lot of great things with having high preference, especially now.
0: Yeah. And Let's all agree that preference is essential today when the market is competitive and as crowded as it is. But what can brands do to build this preference? That's the real question
1: here. So I think we will go into that now, Sana. Yeah, let's do that. So let's be a bit more concrete. Here comes three key components when trying to build this preference and liking among your audience.
0: Number one, let others do their talking. So people trust people and we seek social proof all the time. And this is nothing new, as we've said a lot. Everybody knows about it. But that makes me wonder even more why so many marketers still insist on doing lots of brand-to-peer communication instead of peer-to-peer.
1: Yeah, I know. That's a great question. And I think, I guess, that we... As humans, we tend to stick to what we know and we like to stay within our comfort zone. And I mean, it takes courage and guts to change. We don't like change by nature. Or what do you think, Frida? I agree. Totally agree. (laughs) Yeah. So peer-to-peer is the way to go if you want to build preference and liking in the most effective way. Number two, choose strong preference channels so different channels have different strengths and weaknesses obviously as with everything for example tv and out of home are great at creating high reach and big awareness they can really make brands get noticed but here it's good to point
0: out that what studies show is that these are not the most effective channels when it comes to creating liking and preference So instead here, research shows that channels that
1: involve peer-to-peer are actually what's working best. Exactly. Yeah, it's quite simple. All these studies show that we trust more what other people say about a brand than when brands say it about themselves. It becomes more human and relatable, and that's where we seek inspiration today. Among friends, among influencers, family, colleagues, everything.
0: Yeah, a very good example. There is if if I would come to you, Sana, and say like, "Yeah, I'm the best at this. Like, I'm a rock star doing this," you would be like, a "Bit skeptical." Um, <laughs> like, okay, is she really tra- telling the truth? But if like a friend of mine would say to you, like, "Oh yeah, Frida's really good at doing this," that's of course more trustworthy. <laughs> I would
1: always trust you though. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. But yeah. let's see it as an example. <laughs> Then it's a very (laughs) good. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's always biased when it comes from oneself. But I can just go to myself there as well because when I'm about to buy a new product, let's say some skincare product, I definitely go to social media to see reviews or I talk to the people at the office who I know are great at skincare. I would never go to a product website and just read about the product because everything sounds like the best product in the world and also their own ads. So I would go to to the people I know, knows their thing.
0: Yeah, that's so true. And it's important to remember not to make the same mistake that traditional marketers often do in this case. Um, They attempt to create brand loyalty, through emotional messages in TV ads or in content that is produced by the brand. And they'll be like,
1: yeah, this is
0: it. We've done it. We've made it. Yeah. And I mean, of
1: course, commercials on TV can be great. They can evoke feelings. They can be emotional. But it's still brand produced content, which we know doesn't trigger us in the same way as when it comes from other people. So it goes all back to the first point. Let others do the talking. Number three.
0: Find a peer-to-peer communication channel that is scalable. So we have agreed on that peer-to-peer communication is key when it comes to building preference and liking among the younger audiences. And the final thing we want to bring up in this episode is the importance of choosing channels that you are able to scale, because how would you otherwise reach a lot of people?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you want to grow, you need channels that you can scale. So as an example, friends and family and traditional word of mouth, they are, of course, two amazing peer-to-peer channels, but they are very difficult, if not impossible, to scale on a really big level. Yeah, that's true. But but if you would ever succeed with this,
0: (laughs) give us a call. Yeah, let us know how. (laughs) And on the other end of the spectrum, celebrity endorsements are not very budget-friendly. Those who know, know. Most brands can't afford using big celebrities every day of the month, as this will cost too much money. And
1: it's also not as relatable in the same way. I mean, of course, it can build liking and preference, but it's even better to use these smaller or not as big, famous influencers to build this, you know, ability to relate and to feel that we can connect with them. What we want to say is that the only peer-to-peer channel that you can really scale in a structured way across different audiences, markets, product segments, anything, that is influencer marketing.
0: Yeah and the studies that our clients have made together with nepa shows that this channel influence marketing is actually outperforming the others when it comes to building preference and liking
1: yeah it's quite cool to see like that's what we think and what we thought but seeing these studies proving this is really it's really cool
0: yeah it's next
1: level yeah and it's really helpful for for our clients as well to know what channels bring in the most revenues, of course. And also, in addition to these studies, we can also take a look at the digital natives that are crushing the competition right now. They are driving business growth and they are taking market shares and they are doing so in a profitable way. So in most cases, looking at these brands, influencer marketing makes up a big portion of their marketing mix. They know how to build this preference, disliking this sense of a community.
0: Yeah. So peer-to-peer builds preference, the three Ps
1: to remember. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we should tell Cutler that. And that actually takes us to the end of another episode of Influencer Marketing Talks. As always, if you want to continue staying up to date on our weekly podcast episodes, what's up on the consumer marketing scene, and of course, all things social media and influence marketing, make sure you follow us across our social platforms, which you'll find at Cure Media.